Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so we're today we're going to chat about, man, we got a lot we got to talk about. Got to talk about, um, let's see, the homeless in Austin. Austin, Texas, going to talk about this coach out of Oregon. Uh, man, this guy's a hero. And also, I want to chat about, man, the OU game. The OU game. Take a look at this. All right, so in the case you guys, uh, I don't know if any of you guys missed that OU game at all. Poor OU. You know, they won the game. Watch her ability to roll. When she hits the ground, nice roll. That's what they teach you in jujitsu, Joe. You got to roll. Jeez. Use your shoulders. Hopefully nobody was hurt, including the horses. That was a nasty spill. Young ladies falling off the wagon. Now there's a giant rut in the field as well where the <laughs> carriage was dragged behind the horses. Oh my goodness. Sometimes I see. Man, I tell you, you got to play that one more time. That was just hilarious to me, you know, watching that video. Uh, the OU game this weekend, uh, yesterday, it's just hilarious. How do you not? Did you guys not see that? No, you didn't see it. I don't watch bad football. You, you don't. You what? You say what now? I don't watch bad football. You don't watch bad football. What do you mean by that? It's OU. What does that mean? It means I. <laughs> it is uh, 408, and Oklahoma still sucks. I don't. I don't know what else you want from me. Oh, ah. Uh. Yeah, aren't you UT grad, a UT student? Yes. Mr. Uh, Faustin Furious? Yeah, that's right. Thanks for shouting on my show. Absolutely. I, I didn't watch it either, but I did watch the wagon tip over, and I, too, thought it was pretty funny. Did you? Yeah. Hilarious. Did you see that, Zach? Uh, yeah, you know, Oklahoma's ranked number five right now. Oh, oh, who's number one? Who is number one? <laughs> Come on, my football people. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, Alabama. Alabama's number one. That's was, right. Was that, Alabama's number one. Was that commentary, the live commentary from the game? I can't imagine it was. It was. It was hilarious. It's been a replay. <laughs> that guy said they teach you that in jujitsu how to roll <laughs> when she hit the ground. He did not say that live on air. Yes, he did. 
Well, he needs a promotion then because that guy's quick on his feet. Oh yeah, it was it was good, man. It was like uh, you know, we say in the military, I was in the uh, I was airborne qualified there. It's like feet and knees together, and she kept those feet and knees together. <laughs> let me tell you, she tucked and rolled. That's my girl right there. Feet knees together. That's how you do it, right there. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, that could have gone <laughs> a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, the horse could have gotten hurt. But they've done that before, though. You know, that's not the first time. Watch her ability to roll. When she hits the ground, nice roll. That's what they teach you in jujitsu, Joe. <laughs> like, nice roll. <laughs> oh, man, it was just too much. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's, it's, and they did that, like, back in the, I want to say, like, the 80s. They did the same thing uh, back then. Flipped a wagon? Oh, yeah. They, that's not the first time they flipped the wagon. He, you know, that guy also mentioned her falling off the wagon. I wasn't sure if that was, <laughs> you know. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. I think they said it was due to uh, weight imbalance. Too many people near the back of the carriage. You think they were drinking and driving the, the carriage? Well, there was, I know <laughs> there's possible. someone. And there was someone in the very back there, too. You know, the, was there? Yeah, yeah. Because you, at the end, you saw, you saw them actually pick her up and kind of walk her out. You know, they kind they thought it was man. They thought it was like a, she wasn't able to walk on they, her own. Oh, yeah, they thought it was like a natural disaster or something. The way they were out <laughs> acting, like, oh my goodness, what just happened? Was everybody okay? Yeah, they were all fine. They're like, fine. And right. she just busted her butt. That's all. Yeah. Whenever you load a trailer, you have to put everything toward the nose of the trailer. Right. And you then don't they put it in the rear. They kind of cut it short too. <laughs> I saw the I saw the horses also ran away afterward. Did they catch the horses? Or are they on the loose now? They're no, wanted they, fugitives still. <laughs> yeah, they 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 uh they they caught them. They, they they were able to get them. At least horses loose on the field would make an OU game more interesting to watch. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, but it was. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's but that was that was actually that was a pretty. Pretty good, cool game. What? All right. So then, let's see what else we're going to talk about today. And and you know what? There's a coach in in Oregon, Texas. Did you read that story, Zach? Yeah, that was pretty intense. The uh, coach that disarmed that student with the shotgun walking down the hallway. Yeah. And then he gave him a hug. Yeah, he did. Right? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the actual footage. I just read about it. But you know what? You know, I want to play that that OU video one more time just for my Facebook people. <laughs> I do it just one more time for Facebook. Check out this video there, my Facebook group. Watch this, folks. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. <laughs> well, watch your ability to roll. When she hits the ground, nice roll. That's what they teach you in jujitsu, Joe. You got to roll. Jeez. Use your shoulders. I'm telling Hopefully you. nobody was hurt, including the horses. Feet and knees together. It's a nasty spill. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely feet and knees together. All right, so uh, let's 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 switch over to uh, Oregon, Texas. I'm sorry, Oregon, Texas. You know, I don't know why. I just think everything is Texas. In Oregon, Texas. <laughs> in Oregon, Texas. I think everything's Texas. You know, once you know, once you're here in Texas, you know, it's just you know, this is our we're our own country. So over in Oregon, uh, you had a coach, and this happened actually in uh, back in May. And what changed was the video from the school was actually released this week. It was actually released a couple of days ago. 
And the video, it, it's, it's, it's amazing because at first, you know, when this story broke back in May, uh, it was actually the way the media reported it. It was a wholly, you know, whole different type of story. But then now that we, we're able to see the video ourselves, we actually see, you know, basically what happened was this kid who decided to bring a shotgun to his high school or to a high school, and he was going to actually shoot himself. He only had one shell in the shotgun, and he was going to shoot himself in front of a classroom. Now, the coach didn't know that at the time, and the coach, you know, went to the room. The kid came into the room, and he pretty much grabbed the shotgun, and then he did this amazing thing. And, and we've talked about it on the show uh, uh, many times. And what he did was he gave this kid a hug. He hugged him. And the kid hugged him back and then cried. That's all this kid needed. He needed a hug. He just needed someone to love him. You know, and I've, I've said time and time again, it's not about the guns. It's not about the tool. You know, it, it's, it's compassion. We really need to take some time to, you know, to, to talk to people and figure out what's going on in their lives. You know, people are going through things. They're going through struggles. And we're not taking that time to, you know, to sit down and figure it out and chat with them. And, and all, that, all this kid needed was a hug. And that stopped that, that incident from happening. And it could have been something totally different. It could have turned out a different way, but it didn't. All he did was give him a hug. That's good. I'm glad nothing bad happened. This is what, I mean, I feel like we've been saying this since I've been on the show, I guess, about two years now. And we have to be more cognitive of what's going on with the people around us. Be nice. Be kind. Be aware of your surroundings and the people that you're surrounding yourself with. If you see something, say something. I guarantee you that kid was not happy-go-lucky every other day before he decided to bring a shotgun to school to shoot himself. He was probably bullied and picked on. And that's something that we need to be cognitive of. That's right. And we got some breaking news for you. There, you know, there are men that, that are being targeted in Austin, Texas, uh, doing major events. Whenever we have ACL, we have uh, South by Southwest, we have the F1 race. Whenever there's a major event here, you, you have men that are being targeted, being robbed, they're being mugged, and in some cases actually being killed. And, and their bodies being dumped in Lady Bird Lake. And the police department's not putting anything out there to the public. Your media outlets, your major media outlets are not talking about this. Uh, and, and it's up to you to know what's going on and, and to protect yourself and be aware of what's happening out there. Because this is happening in Austin, doing major events, and no one is saying anything. Also, you have business owners that are being robbed as they're leaving their business, going to the bank or going home or whatever, being followed. And that's happening a lot. And it's up dramatically this year. And that's not being talked about by the police. It's not talked about by the major media outlets at all. They're not focusing on those things at all, not one bit. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back and we're talking about, you know, Austin, Texas. We have, you know... There's some men that are being targeted in Austin. And I know it's probably not sexy for people, you know, because it's not a lady that's being attacked or anything like that. And, and some people say, well, men should be able to take care of themselves. And, and the reason I know about this is because I've had several men come into the store, into the shop, and actually tell me about this. And some of them are, for the most part, they're embarrassed to come forward to say anything about it because they're embarrassed that it actually happened to them. And, you know, one guy had to go as far as to go to D.C. to testify in D.C. against a group of people uh, that, you know, that actually robbed him. They actually snatched this guy as he was, you know, downtown. They made him, you know, give him his, uh, give them his account information, took money out of his bank account. They actually used the app, um, what is it, the Cash App, and, made, and, and transferred money from his Cash App to them. And that's really how they were how they were caught when once they did that. They became a federal offense at that point. Uh, but we've had there's so many different cases, so many different situations uh, where people are actually doing this. We're going to talk about a little talk about that a little later in the hour. But I want to go back to this coach, uh, Coach Keenan L- uh, Lowe out of Oregon, where, you know, this coach, he man, this guy's a hero. Um, he actually saw this kid, this kid walked into the classroom. He grabbed the shotgun from this kid, and the kid planned on shooting himself. He had one round in the shotgun, and he he wrote on it, I believe, red pill, something to that effect. And he was going to shoot himself in the classroom in front of a group of kids. And this coach grabbed him, grabbed the shotgun, hugged this kid, would not let him go, and let him know that, you know, he is loved, and then passed the shotgun off to another administrator and continued to hug this kid for at least six minutes, over six minutes before police arrived. It was just, it was an amazing scene. Uh, listen to, you know, kind of what the coach had to say. Keenan, getting back to school today, man, what was the, the feelings for you to be back in that place? Uh, today was a good day. Um, you know, I, I showed up today because, you know, the kids, right, and the staff there. Uh, I've only been at, at Park Rose for, for a year now. Um, and I've, I've grown to, to love that place and love those kids at that school. Um, it's a special place, it's a special school. A lot of kids that, that, you know, have grown up in a rough way. You know, a lot of kids that, you know, have had nothing given to them in life. So I think that's why I was attracted to that school and that, that football coaching job. And, uh, you know, that's why I love these kids. Dean and the Blazers reached out to you uh, to get tickets tonight, Saturday, the day after, and then again tonight. What's it mean to have some relief and some... Some getaway time here and enjoy your football players. Man, it's awesome. It's awesome. 
um, as you can imagine, it's been it's been a tough tough weekend for 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 all of us, really. You know, everybody. And that's that's Coach Keenan Lowe, and and he's you know this this <coughs> this recording here was actually the day after you know right after that incident actually happened, uh, and like I said, this happened back in May. But a lot of this stuff has come to light because the security camera footage of the school has just been released over the last two days. And that's why we're bringing this to you now, even though it happened in May. And then also, you know, listen to this interview of this coach. This is possibly going to be an active shooter now at Park Rose High School. Need more cars, though. 942, 930. 930 going to north. I get a call from my AP as he's heading out to the fab saying we have an active shooter, the police are here, their guns are pulled, Keenan's in the fab. And 9.50. You know, the timing of all this and this whole situation, it didn't happen by accident. The way it, it ended up playing out, um, it was all meant to be, but that was a pretty kind of scary image to see, um, you know, me turn the corner and him kind of follow me with that shotgun. What did you see in his face? Uh, I saw a scared young man. Um, that's the first thing I saw. Um, you know, I saw his eyes, and they were kind of swelled up, and, and I just saw that I saw him as a as a young man that didn't really um, realize what he was doing. After I disarmed him and got rid of the weapon, um, it made it really easy for me to kind of sit him down and uh, just talk to him about life for for a little bit until the police came there. Amazing. This this coach is a hero. Um, he saved this kid's life, and uh, some people are criticizing. Uh, the court system for not giving this kid more time. Um, and I, I think, you know, this kid was just reaching out for help. He was just sad, lonely, hurt, and he wanted to kill himself. He didn't want to kill anyone else. And so, you know, what this coach did was a great thing by just giving this kid a hug, giving him a hug. You know, uh, some people come to class and they ask me, you know, if I walk into a situation like that, should I pull my gun out and shoot them? You know, a, a gun is not for every single situation, not every single situation. There are other things that we can use. And I talk about, you know, we can talk to someone, try to calm that situation down. Um, we can, you know, think about what's the best course of action. We can use pepper spray. You can stun gun. There's so many different things you can use. The gun is not always the very first thing that you should go to. So when you say people are criticizing the court system for not giving him more time. Correct. You mean time in jail? Correct. And how long was he sentenced to? So this kid was sentenced to, let me he get to He just got 36 months probation and immediate substance abuse and mental health counseling. Correct. He wasn't put in jail at all? Not from what I've read, no. Not from the initial arrest. What are your thoughts on that? That's I 100% support that. Yeah. I. You know, it, he came to school with a gun. I get it. What do you think? Right. Hey, what do you think if a black kid did this? I don't, I don't think color has anything to do with it. I think that this kid was hurting. And I think that they saw that, you know, a way to fix this was actually to try to help him, not hurt him. And I think the, the, the way the court system responded to them to this is the right way to respond. I agree 100 percent. Jail is not there for these type of cases. This is obviously a mental health problem, and we need to remove the stigma around mental health and talk about it and stop trying to throw people in a cage and think that that's going to fix our problems because it's not. I, I generally would agree with that, but... I still think that he probably should have done some time in jail. No, and I think we need to stop demonizing guns, you know, and and well, and, yeah, this, and stop this is demonizing this tool. is a perfect example of how the it's not the gun doing this; it's the person behind it. Clearly, 
I think this is a good example. It's always that. like that. Yeah. It, yeah. It, well, it, in every is... situation, every case. And and someone knew this kid was in this situation. Someone knew whether it was a family member, whether it was a friend, uh, when he posted something on social media, because this kid was clearly crying out for help. How, so how do you what what are preemptive measures people can take to prevent this from happening? I think it all starts with communication. You know, these teachers have these students in their classrooms all day. They see how they are interacted um, with with other students in the hall. Do they sit alone at lunch? What do they do in the mornings when they're waiting for school to start? Do they sit with friends in the cafeteria? Do they hide by themselves in a classroom or a library? There are signs, and they need to be aware of them. And I know that this is just putting more on teachers, but essentially when they're in high school, in middle school, they're going to be spending more time with, with them teachers, daily yeah. with teachers than sometimes their parents especially if it's a single parent situation Yep. at school administrators, nurses, cafeteria workers, everyone needs to be aware and see those signs. And I think it's something that students should be trained on too. And then, we have to start in the schools if we're going to destigmatize mental health. So let's say a teacher saw this kid and thought, Hey, this guy might bring a gun to school. What do they do then? What are the next steps? From training that I know my friends have gone through and my mom worked in the education system for almost 40 years, they would let the counselor or principals know, and then they would get um, counselors within the school district or even in some cases law enforcement involved. And, and that's the right thing to do because I'm telling you, uh, man, sometimes people just crying out for help and we're not listening. We're not listening or not responding in, in that way in getting them some help. We're actually trying to put them in a system that is really not designed to help you or correct you at or, all. Or they try to put them on drugs. A lot of the times, these these mass shooters, they're on a bunch of psychotropic drugs like Adderall or uh, what's that antidepressant, Zoloft or whatever. Yeah, we come mm -hmm. back from the break. We'll talk about that a little more. Got some breaking news uh, for you out of Austin, Texas. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so Gary from Faust and Furious says he doesn't Faust. think it's Faust and Faust. 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 <laughs> Faust and Furious doesn't, he says he doesn't think it's, uh, it's, you don't think when it comes to these type of situations like this incident in Oregon that it's like a black kid, white kid, you know, white cop situation. Okay, well, what, what I was saying when we were off the air, thanks for bringing this up. But I was saying that I think that's what I'm here for. That if this kid would have been black, he'd be doing time in jail. Because my experience in the juvenile justice system growing up was that I had a couple priors, and I would go to I would go to court, and I still did not end up in juvie. But some of my black friends, they would after their second their second time. So you're saying you say it's you, not you, my, have, you have white privilege. No, no, it's not white privilege. What I'm saying is everybody talks about this white privilege, white privilege this, white privilege that. I think that's a load. What I'm saying is. In this country, I think there's a such thing as black disadvantage. 
because I've seen Hispanic kids get off easy. I've seen Asian kids get off easy. I've seen white kids get off easy. But very rarely do I see black kids get off easy. So there's a, there's a common denominator here. And I don't have a lot of statistics to back this up. It's all, this is all pretty anecdotal. <laughs> but I think that a lot of people share these same anecdotal experiences. And I, I will say that I think there would be a different outcome here if this kid would have been black. He'd either be in jail or he'd be dead. All right. So basically you have no stats. You have no backing. You don't know what you're talking about whatsoever. I, I, I'd like to say something. <laughs> I don't think you can reduce it to such a simple way of looking at it. It's a case-by-case basis. You know, there's a there's so many variables that come into play. How did he uh, present himself to, pu- to the public? What was his socioeconomic? What were his parents like? I mean, there's so many factors. To reduce it to a color, I think, is really a disservice to anyone because I've experienced many different ways of people reacting to me and it all comes down to personal responsibility and how we conduct ourselves in society how we act to others how we present ourselves and obviously this person when the uh teacher came to him he didn't act in an aggressive manner so doesn't that doesn't that tells the court you know he was just troubled at the end of the day but if if someone else would have done the same thing and hypothetically, was a different color and maybe seemed like a threat. They would have maybe given an entirely different sentence, not because of the color, but because of the way they looked at his behavior during the whole thing. Right. I would agree with that. It's always, You always have to look at things on a case-by-case basis, but I also think that sometimes people have prejudices when they look at things, so they see somebody something that like a white kid or a black kid does differently. That is true, but I think that there's things that we as individuals can do to mitigate that. We have to, like, there's personal responsibility. There's not been one race, not one sex, or anything that hasn't been um, discriminated against in in, in the entire course of this world. So we shouldn't, we should stop stop saying it's because someone's black, it's because someone's Hispanic, it's because... And leave it to personal case by case basis and personal accountability and all the variables that go into that one situation. I will agree, regardless, that socioeconomic status always plays a plays a part in something like this. It plays a part, yeah, but I don't think it's in, in a way that um, it, it's because they're they're discriminating. It's the reality is, if you have more money, you can get a, a better, better lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, that's just the reality. I, yeah. Mm. That's a good point. I agree with that. What do you think, Felicia? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely agree with what Janaya is saying, and I understand where Gary is coming from, but I'm just thinking about the headlines that we've been seeing. I mean, he just here in Texas over the past year, and I have to circle back with what Gary was saying. If this kid was black, then he would not have had the privilege of going to court. Yeah, he might have gotten shot. Because you can't look into how you um, how you carry yourself and what your at like what your personality is and all the different things that you were talking about and those split seconds when cops are barging through the door and you're the one with the gun and you're the reason they're there. I'm a- so I think that in order to prevent all of this, we have to destigmatize mental health and we have to start having conversations and parents need to be talking to their kids. And we have to do more 
in our schools and with our kids and with the future of our country than just have active shooter drills. I also want to do more. I also want to point out that I'm not saying that cops are are going to, you know, they're not. They're, I don't think cops are necessarily trigger happy to shoot black people either. I think that it happens disproportionately because of a variable, uh, a number of variables like poverty. And like crime rates. And our call in numbers 512 543 2284. That's 512 543 2284. Go ahead, Gary. All right. Yeah. Let me finish my hot take here so everybody can rip me apart. <laughs> um, I, I just I think that there's a number of variables that come into play, but I do think that a lot of times in the court system, in my experience, which I have been heavily involved in the court system from the defendant side of things, uh, black people usually get screwed. Okay. What do you think, uh, Zach? I mean, if you look at this situation, if it would have been a black kid and, you know, same things happened, um, he gives up his shotgun, the coach is hugging him, and the police get there, what are they going to do, shoot him just because he's black while he's hugging the coach? Could have shot the coach. They didn't, though. (laughs) Wow, that's a real hot take right there. You think the cops are going to show up and shoot the coach? I don't know. Well, he's black. I mean, We haven't seen that part of the video yet. There's been multiple instances where a black guy has had an LTC and the cops show up and think he's a problem. Yes, yes. Like, that, there, was just, a, there was a black guy that... It just that sh- happened like a year ago. Yeah, in California. In Southern California, yes. there was a black guy that had a concealed so, carry. I mean, like, he prevented a shooting, and then the cops showed up and shot him dead. And that is wanna, what I'm talking about. I don't want to turn this into a, you know... Don't bash my law enforcement. <laughs> hating the law enforcement show, that's right. but... um. That's right. Don't bash my law enforcement. We, well, need, that, that's, we need police. Yeah, I yeah. That, I, I'm not. That, and that's why, that's why I said that I don't think the cops are trigger happy. I just think there's a number of things that come into play when it comes to people getting shot and scenarios like this unfolding in different ways based on what you look like or where you come from or what your money situation is or, like Janai said, how you present yourself. And I think this kid did a good job of obviously uh, mitigating the, the outcome, right? I mean, yeah. he, he didn't get shot and he's not in jail. So he did something. To help himself. So there is personal responsibility involved here. I guess at the end of the day, I, I don't think there's any benefit to uh, making that statement when you really don't know. Um, what benefit or does it does it serve to say, I think if he was black, he would have gotten shot. I don't see the benefit. And so I think we as a society need to stop doing that. And and maybe this will all die down some. I think there's too many times we say, oh, if he was Hispanic, oh, if he was black, oh, if he was this, white, uh, what is the term? Um, white privilege. White privilege. Um, I don't think there's any benefit to any of this dialogue. All the racial dialogue. I don't think there's any benefit to it at all. I think it starts a conversation, but I, I don't always think that the conversations go in a positive direction. I think that's what the problem is. So it starts a conversation. It just might be a trash conversation. Yeah, that's what that's, I think. it's a trash that's conversation. A, sometimes, not always. Sometimes these conversations turn out well. I mean, we're obviously having a good dialogue here, and we're because we know, we know how to we know how to agree to disagree. If we disagree with something, we without being disagreeable. Well, yeah, you know, we're not gonna you know get all upset. I'm not never talking to you ever again. <laughs> oh yeah, that happened uh, to us. Yeah, last that, weekend. that happened last weekend. Believe it or not, you know someone got upset <laughs> about it something. Or not. Yeah, something that we were talking about, and it's like totally flipped out. I'm never talking to you ever again. Oh. <laughs> you remember that? Okay. Yes, I recall this. All right, good. I'm always part of those conversations. You are. All right, so let's let's talk about this uh, this case of uh, certain people, men that are being targeted here in Austin doing special events like ACL and South by Southwest. I don't know if a lot of people realize this or not, but um, 
doing ACL uh, the very first weekend, you had someone that was actually trumpled, you know, really run over by the crowd. And that was not reported in the media at all. No one talked about it. There was no news story whatsoever because they don't like reporting things that reflect negatively on Austin. And, you know, it it will affect, you know, the crowds or the, or the events that we have here. And so you have this situation that happened recently. This is one that was posted online where the attacker basically what they did was they'll follow a group of people and they see you all saying your goodbyes and you're calling for your Uber or your Lyft. And you're saying your goodbyes and you're drunk, you're inebriated. And they, you know, your friends are saying, hey, you know, goodbye, John. Hey, Jeff, you know, Rob, you know, Kevin, Momo, Nene, you know, have a you know, good night. Have a good night. And you're going about your business. And when you separate, they see your friends leave and then they call you by your name. Hey, John, Jeff, you know, Momo, Nene. Hey, come on over here. I, I'm your Uber. I'm your Lyft. And they pose as an Uber and a Lyft. And get this person in the vehicle. This person is, you know, drunk, don't have their normal faculties. They're not checking the app to make sure that, you know, that's the actual vehicle. Huh? Aren't you supposed to verify the license plate as well, though? That is correct. But it's easy to catch men because, no offense, men, you're overconfident. And yes. you weren't taught at 12 years old to carry your keys through your hands like claws so that you could protect yourself on the street. And you think nothing's going to happen to you because you're a man. Exactly. I do not even get to the Uber. I'm like, I need to check. What do you look like? Oh, you lost some weight. Congratulations. Let me check your license plate. <laughs> You're right. I mean, I don't know how often you've called an Uber Zach or, or you know, Gary yeah. and not looked at the app or verified it. I, I never do look it. at it. I never look at it. See? I never look at it. But See? I'll also tell you this. The last time you should try to rob me is when I'm drunk. Because I will... You, you have your faculties with you? I mean, I, no, I have no faculties with me, which I think makes me more dangerous. You're more likely more lethal. to fight. I'm quick on my feet, man. Okay. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not an angry drunk. I just, I think I'm a little bit more aggressive when I drink. So I think that if somebody was going to try to rob me, it'd be better if, off if I was sober. And I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> you should just probably rob me before I drink, because after I drink, I probably won't have any money left. <laughs> so basically, That's also a good so, so they get these guys in the vehicle, and then all of a sudden some other people show up, and they really, they rough this person up inside the vehicle. They force them to either send them money through either a cash app or take them to their bank or, you know, to the ATM, take money out of the ATM, maybe change their password where they can get access to their bank account information on their phone and take their phone from them and, you know, either hold on to them or whatever. And this this happens a lot during major events in Austin, especially over by Rainy Street. So and the media is not talking about it. the media is not talking about it. Law enforcement's not putting anything out there, letting you know that you need to pay extra care and make sure men, you know, every everyone actually, men and women, everyone, you know, to make sure that you're verifying that the person that's picking you up is that person. But you know what? We come back from the break. We'll talk about that in a little more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about crimes that are happening downtown Austin, doing major events, uh, talking about what the media is not covering because they don't want to shed any negative light on Austin doing those major events like ACL and South by Southwest. Uh, so they're not talking about some of this stuff. And so since they're not talking about it, you really need to make sure you, you pay close attention to your surroundings. You know, you need to travel in groups. Don't take an Uber by yourself, you know, ride with someone. I cannot stress that enough because that is happening every major event. Uh, people are getting robbed. They're getting mugged. And in some cases, uh, some people are being, you know, being killed and their bodies are being thrown in Ladybird Lake. You can look those up. I don't know if you're aware. Also, the media hasn't been talking much about this. I literally got home from my vacation and there was a note on my uh, counter um, about uh, someone trying to break into where I live. Mm. And I read the, a lot in the evening when I'm home. And the next day I went and asked them about it. And they were like, oh, it was an isolated incident. And I was like, no, it's not. There's there's some, there's some a group or they don't know who is breaking into high-end apartment complexes downtown. So make sure even if whatever building you're in, uh, don't let people uh, follow you on the elevator because they're going in with a crowbar. They think it's possibly someone posing as like a favor driver or maintenance or something because they they're able to have a crowbar and they've robbed several um, apartments um, downtown. They're doing it like it's happened quite a bit and every everybody I talk to hasn't heard of, heard about it at all. Oh, if you do that, if you stop somebody from going into a building. They start recording you. You'll be viral video material after that. Yeah, Seen a I few don't of those care. Lately. I don't. I don't let people follow me if they don't belong in there and they don't have their own fob. Sorry, you're not coming up the elevator <laughs> with me. <laughs> and it's 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 yeah, it's it's amazing. And and I'm having people that are you know now walking to the gun store buying a gun. They're trying to get their license to carry handgun cor- uh, course to you know carry a gun. And I and I tell them. You know, in a situation like that, honestly, a gun would not have helped you in, in the immediate situation because you're faced with a group of people that are, you know, beating on you and they're holding a gun to you, a weapon or something like that. Only thing you can do in a situation like that is comply. That's all you can do. And, and honestly, maybe you want to do a good job of concealing your handgun if you're able to carry, you're not drinking and all the good kind of stuff. And wait for that opportunity to where you can pull your gun out and use it. But at that at that instant right there, you're not going to be able to do anything. Your only thing you can do is comply with what they're doing, or they're going to take your life. Right? Anybody? No. All right. Yes, you need to comply <laughs> when it's under those circumstances. Yeah. And now I, I want to switch over to the homeless situation because uh, the mayor, man, the uh, Indy Austin. Released a lot of information about the mayor. I don't know if you had a chance to read that, Gary. I started to. Yeah, it, it released a lot of information about the mayor and his uh, uh, business dealings as far as uh, what's going on with his real estate. And, and I, I've been telling people for a long time, this guy's a real estate attorney, you know, and, and everything that he's doing, it, he's tr- it's going to benefit his business and his law firm. I mean, you talking about what Adler? would you do? Yeah. yeah. I didn't read it. What What's going on? So you get a chance to read that because it's very detailed. Basically, it outlines uh, 
the holdings and real estate that he and his companies and uh, the people he invests with have, and it shows a pretty detailed map of that. And how would it benefit him in regards to the homeless? Well, not necessarily he, the homeless, but real estate. Yeah, he's kind of he has control over zoning laws and things like that. So, you know, conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. I see that. Yeah. So if you know if you haven't had a chance, I guess we'll post that link to that story, uh, link to that that information actually, and you can judge for yourself and take a look at that. Look at the links, follow everything, read it, and educate yourself. You know, because it's important that you know um, where you know where what are people's background when they're running for office, uh, because usually you know they have some type of interest, and you need to know what those interests are, and so you decide whether or not you want to vote for that person. You know, because now look at the situation that we're in right now. Uh, we're in this terrible situation with our homeless, um, things that are you know happening around town, downtown. The way crime has actually increased in this town, and it's actually increased a lot faster um, and higher than than the population size. And you know whether or not the media wants to you know address that or not. So you you've got to pay attention to that stuff and vote accordingly. Uh, you got to make sure that we get these people out of office if they're not. You know, paying attention to you know what's happening and and, and what you want, got to you got to vote your pocketbook. So the city council just voted to rescind certain parts of the ordinance on Thursday. The vote was seven to four, yeah. and I believe they banned camping on sidewalks. Mm-hmm. That's that was the main in, in front of businesses. I think in front of yeah. Bi- yeah, you're right. In front of businesses as well on sidewalks in situations but, where a person is endangering themselves or where a person is making public area impassable. And they did that with a lot with kicking and screaming. You know, they yeah. didn't really want to do it at all yeah. because they just, un, you know, they just, you know, really undid everything in June and or May. So they July first, really, July first is when 1st. The, the ordinance went into effect. Yeah. So they really didn't want to do it at all. Kicking and screaming, and then turn around and went, you know, 360, three sixty, and turn around and, and do something totally different now within an amount of days because or months because the public, you know, there was a huge public outcry. People are standing up saying, no, this has got to stop. This is crazy. Yeah, a lot of backlash. Yes. And and and, and a lot of people are saying, you know, I, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to bash the homeless, but what I'm seeing, the people that I'm seeing that are having problems that are on the street, it's drug related. Drug related and mental illness. So this is what we were talking about earlier. The So for my show, I have a show on YouTube called Faust and Furious, and I go downtown with a couple members of my crew, and we'll go and interview the homeless. And what, what we have found, and, and Cargill here went with me the first time I went down, and that was, that was an experience. But what we found is that most of the homeless people, about say 90%, are struggling with either mental illness or drug addiction. And I don't mean drug addiction like they might be an alcoholic or they might smoke a little bit of pot. I'm talking about they're shooting meth. And it, it's serious drug problems. And what we found is that, I've, let's say I've interviewed probably 40 or 50 of these people now. And you could ask them, you know, what's your drug of well, choice? I, I, I do ask them. How do, you, how do you do it? Do you yeah. shoot up? Do you smoke yeah, it? They, they you know? shoot meth and they smoke crack. And there's a number of other things involved. I mean, it's, it's a litany of things. But what we've discovered is that the homeless people themselves, a lot of them that have been here a while, that are relatively peaceful, they, they're not happy with the ordinance either. They, I actually spoke with one guy who told me he thinks that the mayor of Austin – is trying to turn Austin into some sort of a, a Portland or a Seattle or an L.A. Skid Row type of type of area where they can, you know, kind of... The way the guy described it to me was they wanted to give the homeless enough rope to hang themselves. So, yeah. Th- there's that. I mean, I, it's definitely a problem, and it's definitely... The public is not happy with it, and a lot of the homeless people themselves are not happy with it. Because let's face it, 
giving the enabling the homeless to sleep on the streets is not helping them to get a job and it's not helping them to get into it's housing. It's not even humane. I think it's absolutely terrible. I don't think it's any kinder to have them sleep on the streets downtown or wherever else they were sleeping before. One neither one is good. And I heard Adler say something like, "Well, I've had some women say that they're happy with the the, some of the homeless women because they were getting raped more before, but now that they can sleep on the streets in downtown, they're not getting assaulted as much. And I'm thinking, and you think that's a good plan B? That's terrible. Not according to what I'm hearing. I'm, I, I mean, my goodness, just last was it last week, week before last, first week of, of ACL. You had a, a lady who was visiting here from California. Oh, I saw that. That was, that was beat was... like a pulp. I know. You know, I and she that. said she's never coming back to Texas at all. And then you had a guy that came to her rescue who was beat like a pole. He was put yeah. into the, to the hospital. And he had a, he had a license to carry handgun. And that was on the bridge. That was on the bridge. It was literally on the Congress bridge. That's it. That's in right there in public. I mean, I run there every other day. Yeah. yeah it's, and, you know, and, and when when Adler says something like uh, these women aren't being raped anymore, he's talking about homeless women. That's what I'm, but, he's talking about homeless women. But he's not re, he's not even regarding. Women that aren't homeless. Exactly. I literally, because I walk a lot downtown. I live on Second Street downtown. I have to literally watch every step I take because I'm going to step in human feces if I don't. I've seen men masturbating in broad daylight. Like, I'm talking 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I run at that point because I don't want to... um, uh, do it have him pot- potentially uh, ask me to come around and 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 maybe grab me. Um, and then I've seen literally uh, people shooting up at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. They're no longer doing it behind, you know. In, well, in, well, in now an alley. that now that the ordinance is being somewhat rescinded and they're they're you know changing it, kind of slightly changing it back. Do you think there's going to be any differences? I think when the governor comes in and the, the governor, governor comes in. yeah, the, he clears out the over the underpasses. Well, yeah. see, here's the thing. I'm I'm trying to give Adler the benefit of the doubt here, although I know at this point it's getting we're getting kind of the point where people are really just besides themselves with the situation. But I've got an interview with him possibly. It was set up for last week and it might be going on next week. And I'm gonna I want people to send me questions that they want to ask Adler. Send them to me on on Instagram. It's at Faust underscore Furious, and I will ask him all the questions. I'm not I'm not afraid to ask him something that's you know, crazy. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with some questions. Yeah, send I, me I some no, questions. I, I have no under, like I don't understand why they chose to do that to begin with. It's not it's not a kind thing. But to what do. what I am because you need though, some tough love. You yes. know, like, without honestly they need help. And, I get they need help. And I know we have that group of people in the society that think that we don't need rules and and things of that nature. People should live free and all that stuff. But if you don't have some type of um, structure, yeah, rules or structure in a society. Uh, then it's not going to be anything but you know straight chaos, chaos and disorder. Exactly. Well, maybe maybe Adler's seeing that this isn't working out, and he might. This is one step in the. I think he's just worried about not being reelected at this point. Because well. all right. Well, we're going to follow this story and follow those other things as well, uh, and we'll see you guys next weekend. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cardell.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.